From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be, right here, right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. everybody. This is Sandra Beck, and this is part two of a two-part series. I'm here with Bill O'Haran, and you guys can check him out. Bill, what's your website? Uh, Wholecounseling.com, like Whole Foods, but wholecounseling.com. Wholecounseling.com, and we're talking today about the changes in relationships, friendships with COVID, and having more time with yourself. And if you guys want to check out last week's episode, go ahead and and you know watch that first, or listen to this, and then listen to um, last week's. I think it's kind of a whole package that we're talking about having a better relationship with self. And when I originally thought about the show, Bill, I was thinking, you know, how are people moving in relationships, you know, with, with COVID being the new condom, the slowing down of dating, all these things, but, but it morphed into our relationship with self and which is at the crux of all good relationships. Like you, if you don't have a good relationship with yourself, you're like, you sunk my battleship, you're done. Totally. Yeah, you nailed it. And it's so funny because just as you say it, my relationship with self, for a lot of us, at least I know for me, many moons ago when I started this process, I didn't know what that meant. It's like, what do you you mean have a relationship with self? I didn't know that there was all these younger parts of me that still existed, all these emotions that still existed. Like it was, it was totally foreign because I'd spent so much time in my left brain. And I think what you're saying is relationship with self really begins with this organ, the heart. Yep. Right. It all comes back to Sandra's heart, Bill's heart, our, our listeners. It's your heart, right? Your heart has 40,000 brain neurons in it. Wow. It acts independently. <clears throat> it, it sends 5,000 times more signals to our brain than our brain sends down. It's, it's, I believe it's something like 10,000 times more biomagnetically powerful than any other organ. This heart of ours stores this. It stores our history. Every emotion you've ever felt, everything you've ever sensed is stored in here. And so how do I know self? I've got to take my attention from here and bring it into heart. But that's, it sounds all new age. It sounds all crazy, but that's really what the whole exercise is. And, you know, here's the caveat. There's going to be some sadness. There's going to be some longing. There's going to be some stuff in here. When we have, when we start beginning this process of relating to self, we're going to remember things there's going to be images and sensations that we kind of wish we could avoid, but we can't know self unless we go back and revisit those. I wish there was another way, but in my 25 plus years of experience, it's the only way home. Right. Well, and, and it's funny when they pop out out of nowhere, you know, like I was in the car the other day and I'm, I'm going over to the park where I do kind of my walking and my thinking and preparing for the day. And I thought about something that happened in my divorce and oh my God, I got like, like nail spitting mad right in the middle of the parking lot. Like I'm parked and I'm like, my face is all red. And I'm like, oh, why? You know, just the whole thing. 
And I had to feel it. And I realized like what it was something that happened to me when I was in court with my ex-husband and obviously you're in court, you're in front of the judge. So, you know, you have to behave yourself. So it was stuffed down in there. And then I'm sure the day went on and we did whatever we need to do with custody and splitting things up, blah, blah, blah. But I never dealt with it. And it popped up like seriously five seven years later and it just popped up like a daisy it was like well i'm here and you can deal with it now and i did and i sat there and i was really mad and then i was like i grabbed an envelope and i'm like writing my feelings down about how mad i am you know and then i'm open the envelope and i'm like okay i need this i'm gonna wad it up and throw it away in the trash and i'm like i'm done with it i let it feel but i felt the whole rage and you know then i was worried like well i'm not really over it and I'm like there's so much stuff that we pack in there like emotional hoarding like stuff it in there like you know every old sock that we're still waiting to find the mate like three years later it's <laughs> just all stuffed yeah. in there and yeah. if we don't let it out it's going to burst out and that's where the quiet time is and that's what I think COVID gave us I think that's one of the reasons some of my friends really had some wicked fights. I mean, not only on the internet, but in person and in yep. parking lots and in yep. their family, like with, with no more distractions, Bill, with no more stuff to stuff down, all those socks are flying out right and left. You nailed it. And I think that was part of that whole kind of presidential stuff, you know, not, not good or bad. Just, I think people are stuck inside. So that stuff popped even more. What you just said is really, really powerful in terms of something that happened seven or eight years ago. And here you are in your adult life. And that was still your adult life, right? So even in our adult lives, we store stuff and don't even, we're not even conscious. Now imagine this, you're a seven-year-old, you're, when you're seven, eight, nine, ten, something really happens. You know, the, the girlfriend, the boyfriend in, in like third grade, great drops your heart, right? It breaks your heart. And so at 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, we didn't even know, forget about knowing how to process. We weren't an adult that could actually go out into the world and say, mom, you're treating dad in a mean way. You shouldn't do that, even though maybe you were feeling that or I was feeling that. Here's the beautiful thing. Now in my 40s and 50s, if I go back and revisit that 12-year-old, I'm giving him the chance. And here's the, it sounds crazy, but you're talking about these old memories coming up in our adult life. When we go back and do the inner child work, and we allow the 12 year old, you know, we get, we relax and we go back to, I'll go back to that seventh grade, uh, my room in seventh grade, me, the 56 year old come in there and hang out with the seven year old, the seventh grader. And I'll go, how you feeling? And he's got all this stuff. If we give that really that old heart, that young childhood heart of ours to give this chance to express now that we're adults, it's cathartic as heck because now I'm giving the adult in me who can express whatever I want. I could call my parents. I could call that old friend. I could call that old enemy right today and say, you're an asshole, blah, blah, blah. And I'm getting it out of me. Right. And it's like stretching the heart muscles. There's science behind cathartic. And it literally, the, the, the men don't die of heart attacks. They die of a broken heart, the unexpressed heart. People don't die of heart attacks. They don't die heart disease is a heart that's its memories, all the stuff stored in there calcifies, literally calcifies. So how do we uncalcify? We cathart, we open up, we express. And people are like, oh, I don't want to express my ill feelings towards my grandfather. He's dead. I don't want to wreck his memory. You're right. We don't wreck his memory, but do it in a, in a, in a safe therapeutic place where you can get out your frustrations and it cleans up the pipes, if you will. Bill, I'm just going to stop you for a second because now is a great time to thank our sponsor. And, you know, Bill, I had a great game that I used to love to play growing up. And, you know, it was just this traditional Scrabble game. And I loved, you know, even playing by myself. And I 
would often sit by myself and it would calm me down. And, you know, as a kid, we didn't play for the sake of winning prizes. It was about having a good time and things never, you know, never wanting them to end. And I found this in Best Fiends and it is a digital game that you are going to love. And it, it just allows me to reset my brain. I take a a break like you popped a bunch of bubble wrap and I just love the game. And I, I can't even tell you why I love it. The music is great. The the puzzles are challenging, but they're not frustrating. And it's dependable. It's reliable. There's new stuff all the time. And I really like the strategy involved. And it's way more fun than just like smashing candy over and over. It's actually too much fun. And I have to put limits on myself. I can't stop playing. And like this morning, I got up and I was a little frustrated with the way things are going. So I whipped out my phone. I started playing a few rounds. I was having so much fun that I was smart enough to set a timer on my Apple Watch to make sure, you know, that I stopped <laughs> playing because I can really get involved in this game because it's super fun. And there's thousands of levels. I'm already on level 300. And it's a good thing that there's there's plenty more where that came from. So I really want you guys to download this five-star rated puzzle game. It's Best Fiends, Best Fiends Free today on the Apple App Store. Go ahead and get it or you can get it on Google Play. So download the five-star rated Muzzle Game, Best Fiends Free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Friends Without the R, Friends Without the R, Best Fiends. You will be so glad you did. It's always there on your phone when you need it and when you just need a brain break. And, you know, it just, it feels like your brain did a backflip. <laughs> you know, it's so much fun. I really do enjoy this and I hope you will too. So download Best Fiends Free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Friends Without the R. Now, we were talking about emotions and anger and um you know one of the things bob that i found i could i could work through these emotions privately you know like i had a lot of anger after my divorce and you know and i had little kids and you know everybody's like journal 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 and my journaling was not journaling i mean i was literally etching the f word into like every and then i would really cover into rocks would, into trees I would throw the cover off in one garbage can in Walmart, and then I would throw the body of it in the other, and I wrote it in secret code so that there was only initial for each person I was talking about. Because, you know, you worry, you're, you know, if you die suddenly and your kids find your journal, like, oh, my exactly. God, mom, like, what? what? So, you know, but you do need to get those things out. And the other thing I think that happens, Bill, like, I, when I revisit some of these things, and this was something I did, like, you know, in the car the other day is I actually, you know, you talk about a relationship with self, your relationship with self can be like, you're a loser, you're stupid, you're fat, nobody likes you. I don't like you. We like, you know, you could have that or your relationship with self, like for me, what it looks like, I'm a big modeler. You know, I wrote down on that back of that envelope, all the things I was mad about, because it was mm. the only paper I had. And, and um, <laughs> I didn't want to lose that moment by like yep. going to write a and buying a new journal just to write <laughs> it down. So I'm like any piece of paper, napkin, you name a it. Receipt. Like, yeah, exactly. Yep, let's just write yeah. it down because the whole point is to get it out. But then you look at it and you go, okay, San, you're not that same person anymore. And at that time you had a newborn and a two-year-old and you were sleep deprived and you know, your husband's cheating and all these things. So I'm going to give you a pass on that. 
and you're okay. But the difference is now I am present, San, and I'm going to take care of you so that never happens again. Now, that's a really good conversation to have with yourself. And even if you screw up, like if you messed up and you did things, you go, you know what? I'm going to take care of you now because nobody maybe took care of you then, or maybe nobody took care of you as a little kid. I'm going to take care of you now. And there were some things, Bill, that I did, which sound really silly, but they work. I took myself through McDonald's and I got one of those little $2 McCafes. And I'm like, I'm going to treat you the way you should have been treated back then. And even though the people are dead, even though like my husband's moved on and married somebody else, I'm going to treat you the way you should have been treated then. And let's go have an ice cream. Now we don't do that all the time because we don't be 10,000 pounds, (laughs) but, but the whole point is that's taking care of yourself. I thought it was getting your nails done, getting your hair cut, like getting your teeth cleaned. Like those are the physical things. Right. But then there's those emotional things, which goes, you know what, as a kid, you got a really raw deal on this. So you know what, we're going to go and we're going to buy you a new pair of Nike sneakers. And we're going to do that because you couldn't get that as a kid and be on the track team. And that really hurt you. And I'm so sorry for that. But I'm going to do that today for you. And these I mean, little things really work. They, it's the it's my favorite topic. It really is. Um, and, and what you're saying and so John Bradshaw wrote Homecoming, Working on the Inner Child. It was, it, it was a paradigm shift. He wrote that in 1990. And it was all about doing exactly what you, what you said. Here's an exact example. It's 1996. I was you know, working in London, you know, working at a bank, and I was miserable. And I started meditating. I started crying. I started opening up. And unconsciously, I found myself at a bike store in downtown London. And I took my credit card out and I bought a bicycle. And I'm thinking... What did I just do? And I realized when I was in fourth grade, it was me, my dog, Sam. I get goosebumps thinking about it. I'd ride my bike all day. Weekends, I'd put Sam's leash uh, you know, on the bike and we would just go ride. We'd go up to Franklin School. We'd hang out and we'd ride, ride. So it was my sense of freedom. And I was gifting that 32-year-old was gifting the 10-year-old that freedom again. And so I was riding around London like a crazy boy. And I'd, I'd get off and I felt alive again. And I was, like you said, the adult 32-year-old was gifting the fourth grader. And that fourth grader emotions and desires and sense of freedom and sense of peace was still alive in me. Those desires were stored in my heart. And it's, it's super, I'm telling you, Sanjay, what you just described is the most powerful thing you can do is going back and checking in heart to heart with those younger parts, whether it's your 20-year-old, your 30-year-old, your 50-year-old, your 10-year-old, your three-year-old, because who knows you better? Right. Then you, <laughs> who knows the 56 year old bill knows the 14 year old at its, at his very core. And I'm the only person on the planet that knows that 14 year old as well as that 14 year old wish. Here, here's what I, here's what, what's been powerful for me. And what I realize is every human being, especially from zero, ages zero to 12, all we want is an adult to pay attention to us. Gotcha. Knowing there's an adult that's loving us, an adult that's like, and, you know, our parents did the best they could. Our teachers did the best they could. Our coaches did phenomenal jobs. But if the 56-year-old me goes back and really pays attention to that 14-year-old, I feel full. I feel connected. I feel at one. And I know that sounds so new agey and corny and, you know, but it works. Vibrationally, electromagnetic. 
I don't think it's new agey or corny because we are a collection of our memories and our experiences. And, you know, like when I would read that inner child stuff, I couldn't figure it out. Like when people would say, go back to be your 12 year old, I'm like, I don't know what I was doing at 12 years old. Like, you know, I couldn't do that. But what I could do is think back and go, what bugged me as a kid? Like, what are the memories that stick with me that are a problem or that still hurt? And they come up, like you'll be in the grocery store, you'll be in somewhere like, you know, I'll see something it'll trigger a memory and instead of stuffing it down and going that doesn't matter that's the 12 year old that's the five-year-old because you know me like with my like kind of linear OCD (laughs) thinking I'm like I have to go to year 12 and I actually went to the point with my therapist and I'm like okay I was born in this year at 12 years then I was looking (laughs) on the internet going what happened at historically 12 year old memories I took it too literally yeah. And yeah. I think a you lot of us it. do because yeah. we don't know what the inner child is. All you have to do, it's really simple, is go, what are your painful memories? Mm. If you're telling stories about your childhood to your to a friend, what's the story you tell? So write down the story. You know, my story is I was the middle child. I was always forgotten. Somebody forgot me, you know, for swim practice. My braids froze and broke. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> it was, you know, really cold in the winter and right. rough buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so but those things. So then I'm like, okay, well, what's you know, okay, so if the issue is I'm I was always forgotten, big family, and I felt forgotten, then what can I do to make sure that I take care of myself that I'm always remembered. And so one of the things that I instituted, which sounds really silly, you know, for a grown up, is I have a birthday party and I have my own cake because I never had my own cake growing up because my sister's born the next day. My father's born three days later. And I'm like, no one gets their name on the cake, but me. (laughs) And the kids laugh. They're like, mom's kind of psycho about her birthdays. But that's the thing I need to do to be, and I will get like some years I get those little girly cakes, like with the pink rose and I get the flower. Of course you do. <laughs> you know, and it's not like, I'm not trying to be a big jerk or anything no. or totally selfish, but it's like, I need to honor the feelings of that little girl. Cause she still resides in me because our memories are all in there with us. And if I buy that silly little cake bill and yeah. I put my name on it and it says happy birthday, Sandra yeah. in pink writing yeah. and I get the rose. I'm good. Yeah. I don't need a whole lot of extra things like and that's the thing is you don't like you but went out and bought a really great bike and that's terrific sometimes it's as simple as a cupcake for you on your birthday and you're not sharing it with anybody that doesn't make you selfish or like you know my gym shoes like I wanted those sneakers like everybody else had adidas remember with the the stripes of course well I didn't you know I got whatever like (laughs) bubba dice yeah exactly yeah we used to get the hand down to the daffy dance those off color and things were always a little bit off yeah yeah and so you know and and so okay so I'm not going to buy every pair of shoes that way but I'm going to intentionally go and get a pair like for me it was nike you know I'm going to buy a nike workout outfit one and that's going to be the way i honor those feelings and kind of make up for it so that little girl's happy i'm happy and we can let it let it rest i don't need to carry that anymore it's beautiful what it's it's funny as you were talking i wrote down kitchen table because i i conjured up over the last 10 or 15 years like you said a lot of left brain adults like us we struggle like well i got friends are like, Bill, I don't remember anything that happened before the age of 12. I'm like, okay, no problem. I say, just close your eyes, go back 
to the kitchen table in fourth grade because everybody remembers where they ate in fourth grade like oh, yeah. you know, whether it was a picnic bench or you know you were eating at the Taj Mahal wherever you were you remember every you know and so yeah. when you close your eyes and go back to the I call it the kitchen table meditation go back to when you were fourth grade and just be who's there oh there's my mom there's my dad or my dad's not here or my brother's being a jerk or my dad's drunk whatever you kicked your girl scout leader under the table right. that was me right yeah exactly and so what happens is it, the food is a mammalian need. We have to have it. So we are automatically be able to follow that trail back. And I always, and they're like, okay, what do I do with the kitchen table meditation? I'm like, do nothing. Just close your eyes and be there. And, and just watch how you feel. It's exactly what you said. Just watch what you're feeling. What are you sensing? Oh, I'm sensing that my mom's frustrated. Okay, great. Like I'm sensing my dad's happy, whatever. We used to watch TV. We would have mash on in the little orange, the little orange TV set in 1975 and we'd all kind of stare at the tv but if i go there right now i can sense the vibrations of of every like so it's just like you said it's finding a way to tune into that part of us and we can start with the memory we can start with the location we can start with an object we can start with the cake but for anybody listening out there it is the deepest work i always say I've, i'm not at home right now but if i'm home right now i've got my shelf of 150 books 200 books and i've read 100 of them three or four times I would get rid of all those books and leave one. And that is the John Bradshaw homecoming book and working on that inner child. Because for me, going back to that younger part of myself, I realized how I got here and, and what it is I cared about, what, what I valued and who I was. And again, this isn't a judgment against parents. This isn't a, this isn't a, a condemnation of anybody. It's even the Bible says, when the Bible says only children go to heaven, he doesn't mean 10-year-olds. He means the child heart of the male female warrior adult it's the warrior heart and the warrior heart is not a fighting heart it's a bleeding heart it's a vulnerable heart and that vulnerability is the path towards relationship with self which is what we're talking about. and relationship with self is going to deepen any relationship you want to have with somebody else because truly Sandra I can't deepen my relationship with you until I kind of know my joy and sadness so that I can understand your joy and right. sadness so I can hold the space for your joy and sadness so you can hold the space for my joy and sadness right and that's how we deepen and I think this COVID experience bringing it all back this COVID experience is really hey I know for me, I've been meditating for 25 years, but I've never meditated longer than I have in the last 10 months. I'm doing it twice as long now because I have the time and I have the desire. And it's opened up a whole new vista that I didn't think was possible for me to open up. Not to say like, oh, I'm more advanced. It's just, I'm like, holy crap, there's that much more stuff inside of me. And it's really helped my appreciation and love and, and understanding of other people, I think. And so- Well, you know, it feels good. Like that's the thing, like that, you know, like when people say like, Ugh, I'm not going to meditate, like meditation, whatever, like, I'm like, great, don't. But when you do, like, that's like, you know, I, I have a meditation yoga bathing practice that kind of like, you know, kind of all goes together in my nightly ritual. And I'm like, if I don't, if I don't do my yoga, I go to bed and I only do a 30 minute online, you know, thing. Beautiful. But awesome. if I don't do it, Bill, I go to sleep and I'm tense. Like my yeah. back is stiff and I, I don't relax properly. And, you know, if I don't do my meditation with my solfeggio frequencies, my brain is still going, like it's still buzzing and humming. And, you know, I like to, to, to symbolically take a bath, like wash my hair, yep. wash everything off, even Beautiful. if I'm taking a shower in the morning. Yeah. It's a symbolic of washing off everything for the day, preparing myself for sleep. And, you know, it can sound as crazy as you want to other people. But the fact is, I sleep great. 
you know, and I'm not taking, you know, tons of meds to try to go to sleep. I'm not anesthetizing myself with TV or drinking alcohol or smoking pot to try to wind down. Like I'm doing it with my natural body rhythms, but you can't do that if you don't dump the junk that you've been carrying along with you. And when you were talking about that fourth grade thing, I saw myself at the table in my elementary school after school in brownies where I got really mad at the Girl Scout leader and I kicked her. I went under the table and then she, her legs were there. I gave her a good kick. She told me to get out. Yeah, I kicked her really hard. I can still see her leg today, you know, in that ugly Girl Scout skirt, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. The coffee looking. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's dead now. You know, this was, you know, obviously many years ago. Yeah. And I always felt bad about that, Bill. You know, it was like, I really did. And it bubbled up in one of my kind of nightly meditation bath things. I'm like, wow, that was really rotten. You know, what you did and you never made amends. And then I happened to be kind of just surfing Instagram and I saw her daughter was getting over a long illness not COVID but something else so I wrote her just a really nice note I hope you feel better you don't might not remember me you know and so it started a little like just a friendship off of and then you know we got to be you know like just corresponding like in social media not anything big or great and she's like wow I didn't think you'd remember me and I'm like well you know I do and I said you know I always felt bad because of the time I kicked your mom (laughs) and she's like what do you mean you kicked my mom and I'm like you know her mom never said anything but it just showed that the mom probably let it go it was just some bratty little kid kicking her under the table maybe she didn't even know it was me who knew (laughs) you know but I reached out and you know and now I feel good about that whole thing I don't have to carry the weight of the kicking that lady I could carry the weight or not the weight but I have the lightness of just reaching out to her daughter and being you know and basically saying I'm so sorry I kicked your mom I can't say anything to her but you know I can generate a nice kindness to you like that's all it's it's powerful because what you're saying is is it's you know and all the science behind it is that something happens in our lives and what I it, it leaves an emotional dent not good or bad, it leaves a dent, right? So that kicking left a little bit of a, just a little bit of a ripple dent, right? And so it's in there and you could have expired 50 years from now, never gone process it. And theoretically, the way karma theoretically works that you come back next lifetime. So you work out all those dents. But what you're saying is, you know what? I went back, I had the memory. I reached out to that person. That person doesn't have to be alive. Everybody could have been dead from that scenario. And what you're doing is you're closing the emotional loop around it. You wrote the letter and now you connect with her. So now she's feeling better. She's feeling more whole because you connected yeah. with her. And it, the dent, that's why we say the dent isn't negative. It's just an imprint that wants to be processed and understood and felt and heard. So it might be a fear. It might be a sadness. It might be a longing. Our adult self's like, I don't want to go back to that because I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have, you know. I remember shooting a bird with a BB. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. But I've gone back and I've actually said to the bird, I totally apologize. It's like, I know it sounds crazy, but like it's all there for us to process right. and to reconnect at a deeper level. And us reconnecting at a deeper level, you've now created a pool of warmth or connectedness in her. Now she's going to go out and give something. It's a ripple, right? You're yeah. actually sending it down the line. And it's a beautiful thing. 
point. And, you know, even at our most selfish, I don't have to feel bad anymore about having to kick her. Like <laughs> I don't have to carry the shame. I mean, we laugh and everything. It's yeah. funny, but you know, it's embarrassing to go like, sure. I, you know, I, I kicked a, you know, completely <laughs> unprepared scout leader, exactly. you know, exactly. so, and yeah. we all have things that we're not proud of. Yeah. And, and, and it really is about just, are we willing to slow down to refeel who we really are? Refeeling and refeeling means sitting or lying down and just relaxing into that, relaxing into that pool of that inner kingdom. And it's, it's tricky. You know, I've got, I got friends and family that, you know, will probably never do it and it's okay. You know, that's just, it's too heavy. It's too thick. Um, You know, I think the older generation, you know, my parents' generation, I think, you know, you and I are lucky because we didn't grow up with, you know, we didn't have World War II. We didn't have the Holocaust. Right. We didn't have the depression. We didn't have all those things. And I think for a lot of that generation going back, it's like, Oh, that is not good. So I never begrudge the fact that that's a much harder task for them. Or but, people who've had, you know, significant trauma, you know, that's really tough. Uh, you know, some of my friends who've served in the first Gulf war, yeah, you know, these tough. are, you know, it's, it's much more, let's say than kicking yeah. someone under the table. <laughs> exactly. you know, a little exactly. different. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but, but, but we do need to lay them down because they're kind of like suitcases yes. and you keep adding like each one is just a little pebble, yeah. but eventually, you know, and you see people that go through life, they're so negative. They're so beaten down. They're <sighs> so everything about them is so heavy, even if yeah. they're a skinny person, yep. you know, totally. there's a heaviness to them. Yeah. And I was, you know, I was studying energy um, just because I think, you know, these things are interesting and in how they relate to us. And, you know, I was thinking about, okay, we have like, you know, thunder and thunder comes and it rumbles, you know, in our chest and we feel that, yeah. you know, and it's low and it's heavy and it's boom, 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 you know, and then I think of like light, you know, you turn the light on them in the morning, especially, you know, in wintertime, it's really yeah. dark in the morning. Yeah. So I turn that light on and all of a sudden it's like, boom, from <laughs> darkness to light, like instantly. And it's so fast. And, you know, we know from thunder and lightning that lightning travels faster than sound. So we've got, okay. So we've kind of got sound vibrations then we have light vibrations. Then I was thinking like about thought, like Mm. when we think about things like how fast thoughts are, and I would bet dollars to donuts that thoughts are faster than lightning. And then when I think of like life, you know, what makes the difference between a dead plant and a live plant? And, you know, like when my mom was dying, sometimes she would look like that dead plant and then Mm. life would come back into her and she had life again, you know, kind of towards the last couple of days of her life, she was kind of in and out of her body. So I'm like thinking, okay, well, that's not thought. And then the only thing I can think of is it's like spirit. Like, you know, I was raised with the the concept of the Holy Spirit. So I'm like, Mm. okay, if life is spirit, then we have thought, then we have light, then we have sound, like all of those things are the different vibrations. So when somebody says, uh, you know, a thought is a higher or low vibration, they're not like new age woo woo. They're like, that's scientifically speaking. Man, you nailed it. You nailed it. The, the, yeah, the layers of, we're just, I think it was um, power over force or force versus power. He talks about each, the feeling of love versus dislike. Love has a higher vibration, has a different electromagnetic vibration. Appreciation, I think is above love or love and appreciation are really close. So what you're saying is these are, these are theoretically, these are concepts but love is an experience. Every thought, think about this. Every thought is driven 
originally from our limbic body, from our emotional body. So a thought is just a belief that's done over and over and over again. And so what you're saying is everything we're feeling has a vibrational content. And if we haven't processed, we carry these rocks because we've got this old sadness and longing and dis- disgruntledness and self-loathing, all that stuff. Or the that thunder, vibra- you know, yeah. boom, 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 boom. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, again, maybe some of your listeners are like, Hey, that's, that's too out there, but you're nailed it. There's science behind every single thing. And, and, you know, the little spinning electrons that are going out around at 13, 1300 miles a second are the electrons in our body. Now here's something powerful. When we are in our rational space right now, a rational, it's called, it's called a beta. So our brains at beta. So our brain, the site, the, the electrons in our brain are moving at 13 to 18 cycles a second. When we relax, we go down to what's called alpha and alpha is when our brain is when we're in the dream state, when we're in a relaxed state, when you're out going for the walk in nature, our, our, we're at the state of alpha and alpha is between t- seven and 10 cycles a second. It's a slower pace. Now get this. Here's the, here's the, here's the magic. Nature is moving at seven to tight, seven to 10 cycles a second. In other words, all of the globe, all of nature, the ionosphere are all at seven to 10 cycles a second. And so when we're at sleeping, we're at seven to 10. When we're happy, we're at seven to 10. We're in this state of full connectedness. When we're rational like this, we're just a little bit off from it. Doesn't mean we, we have to be rational and in this beta state to function, to do our spreadsheets, to make money, all that kind of stuff. But the point is, the more we can get into that alpha, and people can look it up, just look it up, alpha brainwaves. When we're in alpha, we're in a place where it all makes sense. Now, it's also where our old memories are stored and where our sadness and longing are and our joy. So you're going to get the mucky stuff. But we have to, at some point, besides, the, besides when we're sleeping for eight hours a night, when we're awake, find times in your day for 10 minutes to get to alpha. Don't call it meditation. Don't call it whatever. Go to alpha. It's a scientific fact. Go to alpha and see what's in there. That's, my, that's kind of my pitch to folks. It's like, you know, don't believe me. Go on the internet. Look what alpha brainwaves are. They hooked up Michael Jordan's brain with electromagnetics and they had him play basketball. He was at alpha. They hooked up um, Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison, who I think has the more patents than Bill, Bill Gates, every morning would wake up, he'd go onto his porch, he'd have a rocking chair and he'd have a metal ball in his hand and he would rock so he'd get to alpha. But if he fell asleep, the ball would fall to the ground and he would wake up. He didn't want to be asleep. He wanted to be at alpha because that's where all the creativity is. That's where all the, all the synopses are firing. So anyway, I'm just going off on a little bit of a diatribe about relaxation, but it's, it's what you're talking about. It's, it's where, it's where we need to go to kind of fill in all the little dents that we have in our emotional world. So what about theta? Where is theta waves? So theta is deeper. So, so um, I, I remember somewhere in the science book, it says like, well, if you drink too much and pass out at a fraternity, you go into theta. Like you, so it's, so it's, no, I think that's the theta sign for fraternity. <laughs> so you have alpha, which right? is that great state. Beta is above that. And then you have theta and delta. Delta is like just short of death. And so theta, I believe I'm getting theta and delta. They're below alpha. Um, so when you're at the deepest sleep, you pass through alpha and I believe you're at Delta, which is kind of like you're fully connected, but you're, you're beyond kind of this plane of experience almost. Right. And I think theta is you're just short of like not here. 
Yeah, um, I wonder like what we do in those places. Like, you know, there's got to be a reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think that's at our deepest unconscious self is I believe they talk about like the gurus, the, the kind of you get really, really deep. You, you, you kind of, you almost leave this plane of existence and you go somewhere. And anyway, that's, that's kind of beyond, beyond my pay grade. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, there's, there's yeah. so many of these things that have like, you know, I don't think they have to be new age woo woo, Correct. you know, Correct. Kind of things like, it's like when I was researching the Sophagio frequencies and they're like, okay, these are the frequencies. And, you know, they go back to the Gregorian chants. They go back to the ancient Egyptians. They go back to the gongs that were used in ancient China. I'm like, okay, so there's gotta be something here. Big you know, time. and then the harmonics that, you know, like they have the seven chakras and they have the seven, you know, uh, whatever the, you know, the, um, you know, the, the thing that music has the scales, like, oh, the scales. Seven, yep. yeah, yep. like, oh, like yeah. that, you know, cause it's like, you know, you look and you go, anybody who's alive today can look at a tree branch and realize, wow, this looks like our neurons, or this looks like our tributaries. Like, you know, we look at these repeating things in nature. So, you know, I think it's not fair to call a lot of these things woo woo because we have a lot of science to back it up, but we also can just look out the door and go, wow, interestingly enough that stream with its tributaries looks like the branches of a tree looks like the capillaries in the blood system looks like the neurons in the brain system like you know i don't think it's that far to ask people to go to like just open their eyes and look around totally um i think one of the great statistics is that i believe 98.5 percent of every cell in our body comes from the big bang we are made of the dust from the big bang. Right. So like talk about part of eternity, like we're, our physical makeup is from the original event. You know, you look at the ancient Kabbalahs, they talk about the tree of life. The tree of life is your spine. Right. And that's why when people are kind of doing more holistic work, they like to keep the spine straight. So the elect, what happens? The electricity runs cleaner. You look at the big trees, the big trees aren't really like this. The big trees are like this. Right. And so just equating the universality of what we are and who we are, we are just like everything else. And I think that's been for me, this great insight that the more I tune into me, I realize the more I am just like everything else, it's kind of a unifying feeling. And at times I've had this kind of insight where it's less lonely when I realize I'm connected to the bird, I'm connected to the trees and it's not new agey. And I, I, I can meditate on that tree in front of my house, in front of my, my home office um, window. And I feel good. It makes me feel good. So maybe that's just my mind and heart, but it makes me feel good. And so look, and I'm looking for things that make me feel fuller and a tree trees, my whole life have made me feel, I feel connected to them. Right. I mean, and, and, you know, these are, these are good things. I mean, I think we're socialized to believe that alcohol is a good way to connect or smoking pot is a good way to connect. And yeah, there are some ways to connect in their moments. Yeah. Right. But there's also other ways. And I don't think it's fair to say to people anymore that just because you connect with a tree or connect for me, I connect with water. I connect with the rivers. I'm always fascinated by Mm. those things. There's an attraction there, you know, and there's a, there's a feeling that I get that comes and goes, you know, like a circular feeling in there. That doesn't mean I'm crazy. That just means I'm, I'm me. And if COVID taught us anything, it taught us about oneness 
you know, every country under the sun, every race, religion, you know, nobody was really talking too much about, well, the Canadians didn't get it, but the Lithuanians did, you know, they didn't, you know, yes, we did have some things on race and and disparity and income and in age brackets, but it hit every country in the planet. Absolutely. Absolutely. You and know, it we, did hit, you know, every age group. Yes, it clustered yeah. in more, but the fact is no one was immune. Totally. What a great Unifying concept thought. of one. Yeah. Yep, totally. And going back real quickly, just popped in my head. Um, uh, I was reading a, a book on science and they, and, and what scientists have realized that they have this concept in the brain called mirroring that, that the more, like if you, if you get your brain neurons, and you connect, whether it's, an, whether it's another human, whether it's a tree, you're, if you spend enough time with another sentient being, um, your neurons start to mirror with their neurons. So think about that. That's why to me, a tree is so powerful, right? Because I, I know this sounds crazy, but part of my meditation now is actually connecting at the core of a tree. And I realize the tree is just doing its full, a tree is just becoming a tree. It's just trying to be more of a tree every day. It's reaching for the sun. It's reaching for light. That's kind of what I'm trying to do is like reach for its fullness. So the concept of mirroring really had a visceral impact on me going, well, that makes sense. If a young kid spending time with an adult that's powerful and, 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 and perceptive, their brain neurons will mirror those neurons. If they're spending time with somebody that's, you know, less conscious, their neurons are going to mirror with those neurons. So it makes sense. And I think, to your listeners, to you and I, like the more time we can spend with, with things that are good, things that are growing, things that want awareness, other people, nature, it's good for us. It's our, our brains are going to, are going to flourish more because they want to mirror. They're looking to mirror. Um, and that was just a great concept that I just, I just thought of while you were, while you're talking. Well, yeah. And you know, one of the most basic poses in yoga is the tree stance. There you go. You know, where you, you, you reach, you know, you elongate, you straighten yep. that line, like all those things, yeah. you know, when we talk about these things, I don't think that we're like woo woo new agey. I think it's one of these things where it's like, we're having these aha moments of yep. going, how are these things connected? Yep. You know, you maybe not know exactly all the ins and outs, but there's something there. Just like exactly. you can't see the repeats in nature and, yeah. and in life, you know, you can't see that and not and and not say what more is there. You can't look at a tree and feel a certain thing or look at the water or be a tree in yoga and go, wow, yoga goes back thousands of years. Oh, you know, or these solfeggio frequencies, they go back thousands of thousands of years. Like I think it's the it's I think it's the 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 happy person that goes, huh, I wonder what else is there There you go. versus the lower vibration yep. of, oh, well, that's judgment. That's stupid, crazy. Yep. Dismiss it. I'm not going to yep. think about that because otherwise then the world is open to all these different ideas, perceptions, and that makes people afraid. Big time. I think curiosity is the greatest enzyme one of the greatest enzymes in the human being that just being curious because curiosity is a creative act. It's a, it's a, you know, think about it as kids. We're curious about everything. What's that? How does that work? Right. And then we get to a certain age where if we, if we stop being curious, it's almost like we've stopped the movement of creativity creative asking. And I just think um, I'm in, have an insatiable, desire to try to figure out how all things work. And I know I'm never going to get at it, which is kind of exciting. It's also kind of frustrating at times, but 
you know, I think that's, if nothing else, if any of your listeners just, just, just spark a curiosity somewhere and sure you can, you can, you can have a curiosity spark by watching a show or watching, but best way to do is shut off the TV for 10 minutes, go sit quietly or do something and see what comes up. Right. Right. See what's there. Maybe there's a spark of like, Hey, I wonder, I wonder why blah, blah, blah. I wonder why, you know, I, again, I always I come back to the tree. It's not, it's not like the tree wakes up in the morning going, ah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about the sun. I'll get the sun tomorrow. Right. No, every single leaf is like, it's like another day, another chance to reach a little higher. Oh, that tree's over there. I'm going to compete with him nicely, but we're both reaching, right? That tree never stops reaching sun, sleet, hail, bad weather, hot weather. That tree's like, nope. And that to me is it, it, inspiring I it is, like. it's, a great, it's a great model of going you know we're not that different from the tree you know we're we're and what can we learn but i think that's the thing where the ego has to be set aside you know, if we think that we are all that and we're the only things and we're you know it's like you know but but asking you know what could i learn from this what 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 could i think about or what could i what spark could light me up and mm-hmm. i think when you learn to light your own internal spark yep. you can yep. enjoy external sparks but you don't need them and the nice thing Bingo. about lighting your internal spark is it goes where you go so Bingo. you're never without it you just have to reach into you know you just have to reach in and light it correct and and and, and our powerful rational mind is the great formulator of things, but it's also the great, all the science talks about how the neocortex, the youngest part of our brain, it's only 2 million years old. That's the rational part. It doesn't want to know what's down there because it's designed to keep going forward and it's not designed to slow down and feel. And so we're, we're easily distracted. TV shows and all that stuff is just kind of, Oh, that's so good. But if we shut that off for just a second, you and I can pretty much promise anybody listening, something's going to spark. Now, yes, you're going to have, like we've said before, maybe there's some emotions that you didn't feel like you wanted to touch base with. But if you get through those, which you will, you're going to spark a creativity and a thirst for something. It happened with my wife. You know, she's, she's an amazing, amazing woman, but she wasn't much of a sitter. And I kept saying, try sitting, try sitting. And a couple of years back, she sat, she came up with the idea of a business out of nowhere. Would it have happened without meditation? Maybe. I don't think so. I no. really don't. Well, that's why I have to walk, Bill. I have to walk before I can sit. Mm. If you ask me to just sit down and meditate, like, it's not going to happen. Yes. But if I walk, you know, and even in, and, and what'll happen is naturally I'll feel after I walk a certain amount, whatever that is for that yep. day, I'll want to sit. I'll sit on a park bench mm. and I'm ready to meditate. Yes. Like not all of us can switch it on, on great and point. off, that's but you point. walk. And then when you naturally want to sit down, I mean, what do we do? We sit down once we've walked that energy out. We sit down and we look at the birds. We look at the dogs. We look at the trees. We look at things and we relax. Yeah. You nailed it. You nailed it. In fact, that the most powerful sitting is what after we do some kind of physical exercise because it kicks in these endorphins and endorphins are this great relaxants. And we do that. It's much easier to just tune in for 10 minutes. So I, I that's great. Effortless. Yeah. It's effortless. Yeah. Well, you know what? We solved the way to the world. <laughs> We solved some of the world's problems. <laughs> we did. We did. But, you know, we invite you guys to really, you know, be with yourself, sit with yeah. yourself, enjoy yourself. I mean, you'll be really surprised. You know, some of us don't meet ourselves till we're 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, and maybe not ever. So give yourself a chance to make a new friend and that will be you. We'll be back again next week with another great episode. 
From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be. 